gonna write a book about everything So many things that we can explore Documented in a series of podcasts I'm not sure what we're doing this for Flight 29's big book of everything Burn all the textbooks cause they're obsolete It's our attempt to rewrite history By making podcasts every other week Hi, I'm Dan and the Beanstalk. I'm Charlie in Wonderland. And I'm the boy who cried rich. And we're collectively known as Flat 29. And this is Flat 29's Big Book of Everything, Chapter 28 on Fairy Tales. Have you guys seen the trailer to the film Red Riding Hood? No, I've not. It's amazing. It's kind of gone all teen horror on our asses. Instead of a young child visiting her grandmother, it's a sexy lady going to visit a sexy wolf and I think making out with it or something. It's like Twilight or something. It's amazing. Making out with a wolf? (laughs) Pretty much. I think so. That's disgusting. Are you making this up, Dan? (laughs) No, it's true. It just sounds like nonsense. It is genuinely true. Have a look. Have a look on YouTube. Let's do it now. So, this looks... It's all right. Have you, are you looking at it now? Yeah, I'm looking at High MDB. It's kind of, uh, they, they take the Red Riding Hood lady and they put her in a flowing red coat and then the background's all kind of uh, desolate Arctic tundra. Uh, so the red stands out in a sexy uh, way. And yeah, it's all about people kissing. I mean, what happens in the original? She gets some cakes, goes to take it to her grandma. Oh, yeah. Grandma's eaten. Uh, she makes out with the wolf. Oh, oh no, shit, no, that's yeah. the new one. I don't know, I can't remember. Well, yeah, no, I think that is it, because the wolf's sort of dressed up like the grandma in the fairy yeah. tale, isn't it? And she's yeah. like, oh, grandma, your claws are long. Yeah, you're paraphrasing, but yeah. Paraphrasing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how can anybody be that stupid? It's like, how ugly is your grandmother? I mean, I know, you know, some of the ladies have a few chin hairs, but, I mean, it's clearly a wolf. I think in the new sexy version there, oh, grandma, what a big package you have. <laughs> 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 be like a carry-on innuendo, wouldn't it? But yeah. <laughs> Grandma, your guns are amazing. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember this sort of ripped-on muscle from last time. I'm going to kiss you. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to kiss you. <laughs> that is a quote. Kiss my gun. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? That's not a quote. <laughs> but what other fairy tales do you think would benefit from a gritty Hollywood reimagining? Well, going down the sexual route, I yes. think Jack and the beanstalk because mm. it could be like the beanstalk's like a giant phallic <laughs> object right and who's the giant um i don't know he's got a giant penis and <laughs> but he's he... a normal sized <laughs> so yeah i mean making things more sexy is one way to go but what about making things darker there's a there's a current cinematic trend of taking these you know previously light fluffy tales and making them all dark and sinister what do you think about that humpty dumpty uh, he goes crazy and kills all the king's men. Or that, or he didn't fall off the wall. Somebody caved his head in with an iron bar. <laughs> oh gosh! Or taking a more sexy route. Empty Dumpty <laughs> fell off the wall into Nigella's cleavage. Right. And right. she made sweet love to him with her soldiers. So is there is there a scene then, which is we are filming an egg falling into Nigella's boobs? Well, it's done in really slow motion, so it takes an hour. <laughs> yeah. It's not then she soft boils him and then dips, you know, toasted soldiers into into the top of his head. It's sort of like, you know, Saw? Yeah. Where they're torturing, she's torturing an egg. I like the idea of making a torture version of 
Humpty Dumpty. I think that would lend itself well. All the king's horses and all the king's wen strap him into a chair and kick him to death. <laughs> That'd be good, wouldn't and it? Eat him, and then eat him in a delicious omelette. It's because you can slow motion like a horse's foot, just like smashing into his face and the shell breaking. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's get who did the Lord of the Rings? Let's get him on it. Okay, Peter uh, Jackson. Peter Jackson. <laughs> he can do that. He loves eggs. He, lo- he absolutely loves eggs. <laughs> Little known fact. He insisted on an egg uh, every morning when he was making Lord of the Rings, but the shooting took about three years or something. What was this shooting? The shooting of the egg? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every day. He-, he lined them all up in a row and picked one off like a firing line. And um... Every day, he executes an egg point blank in the head <laughs> with, a, with an old antique revolver. So the gritty reimagining of Humpty Dumpty is going to star who as the lead egg or just an egg well what about let's change the name slightly like so it's cooler for the kids like Humpty Funkty or something (laughs) that would be cool in the 90s I think the cool (laughs) thing to do is is because what they've done for uh, Little Red Riding Hood they've taken off the little they've just made it bang Red Riding Hood so we could call it Dumpty. <laughs> Dumpty. <laughs> you can just imagine the trailer. Like, there's just some sort of sweet pans of, of an egg <laughs> and then of Peter Jackson with a revolver and then of a massive chicken. But you don't, You just sort of see them half out the corner of the screen, like fading in and out to these dramatic... And then finally on the last screen, it just goes... And it just fades in with the big block capitals. Dumpty. <laughs> Coming soon. I'd love to make a film called Dumpty just so I could go to the cinema and spy on people going, Can I have two for Dumpty, please? Just like a twat, <laughs> two for Dumpty, please. <laughs> I'd like to hear, yeah, people talking about it on film programs and everything. Yeah. Well, I thought Dumpty was a fantastic realization of the uh, popular classic. I thought Dumpty was a triumph. <laughs> Five stars, Empire. <laughs> Talking about a subject, going off topic a bit. Dan said something funny, Charlie laughed and so did Rich. For this chapter on fairy tales, my brother Tristan, who has featured on sections of the Big Book of Everything in the past, has written for us a flat 29 fairy tale. Key background knowledge before we start, you might not remember from chapter 13 on lies, is the following clip explaining where babies come from. Dad, where do babies come from? Babies come from Northampton. Um, (laughs) It's just a really understated place and it's just sort of like in the middle of the universe. And so it's literally the closest place for, that's fair for everyone to have to go to to collect their child. So, Northampton. Classic times. And now we know. So, here is Tristan's Flat 29 fairy tale. Once upon a time, there were three little bears. There was a daddy bear, a mummy bear and a baby bear. And they lived in the middle of a dark and mystical forest in Northampton, which is where they'd first settled to begin their family, as due to its geographical location, it was the easiest place for everyone to get their babies from. It also had great transport links to Birmingham and London, both affording the family the liberty of easy access to the Midlands, while not cutting themselves off from London's glittering West End. Their life was a picture of harmonious bliss, and they wanted for nothing. But this was all to change. 
as the Bears began to develop a chapter-based regular audio program strung together by the flimsy notion of compiling some sort of metaphorical encyclopedia which they hosted weekly from their cottage. After the first few memorable chapters on Honey, avoiding hunters and inexplicably protecting human babies in films, the Bears began to grow more ambitious in their research and practical application of human qualities. They began to sleep in beds, sit in chairs and eat porridge in the wintertime devouring human culture to the point of existential discussion, such as whether it might be possible to bake a flake on a plate. Meanwhile, a former jungle drum and bass DJ and erstwhile EastEnders actor had set up a small locksmith's in the forest by the name of Goldilocks. Yes, children, I'm just going to take a moment to let you fully absorb that pun. The happy-go-lucky cockney with a grill full of gold quickly set about eyeing up the bear's cottage and using his locksmith's capabilities, one day, when the bears had gone out for a walk as their porridge cooled down, broke into their house to see what he could nick. Imagine his surprise when on breaking into the property, sampling the porridge, breaking a chair and having a quick nap in the baby bear's bed, he began to hear muffled cries from the basement of the old house. Cautiously creeping down the stairs of the dark, dusty cellar, Goldie edged closer and closer to the sound. Suddenly, his teeth were illuminated by a dim glow in the centre of the room. He couldn't believe what he saw. And we'll return to Goldie's adventures later in the podcast. For the uninitiated, fairy tales sometimes sound slightly odd. If you don't know about the three blind mice and you just hear about it, it sounds a little bit weird. So it just sounds bleak, it doesn't it? Sounds bleak. They don't realise it's an upbeat children's tune. But it is. Yeah. And so similarly, when you hear about fairy tales in other countries, other uh, cultures, they can sound quite hilarious. So, I have a list of different fairy tales from other places around the world, which you might not have heard of before. And what I want you guys to do is to just try and give me a brief summary of what the storyline to this fairy tale might be. Okay. Okay. We'll start off with the Norwegian tale, The Giant Who Had No Heart in His Body. For me, um, I'd say that fairy tale is all about a giant who enters a fighting competition. Yeah. Much in the vein of Mortal Kombat. Right. The computer game. Right. He fights lots of people. And then the end bit is when Sub-Zero pulls his heart from his body. <laughs> right. And the moral is, don't pick a fight with Sub-Zero. <laughs> that is something which all Norwegian children need to learn. <laughs> <laughs> because it's got connotations because it's cold in Norway. Yeah. Sub-Zero. Exactly. He's a classic character. The kids like Sub-Zero, really. <laughs> they all so. dress as him in school uh, fancy dress days. It's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, and and then the head, the head teacher bans it and says, this is, you know, I will not condone the ripping out of hearts. <laughs> Be it humans or giants. (laughs) And so it's a cautionary tale, really, isn't it? Yeah. That's good. All right, how about this one? A Japanese tale. The husband of the rat's daughter. 
You, you need to think about that it's one in a minute. It's complicated, isn't it? <laughs> you need to think about the kind of family tree of that one there. The husband of the rat's daughter. So it's the rat's son-in-law. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> that would have been. That, would have been that just sounds like a shoddy translation. So, so what's it about? What happens in the husband of the rat's daughter? Well, I would say it's a man who, in a cruel twist of fate, and because he owed huge gambling debts, had to marry the daughter of a giant rat. <laughs> okay. I was imagining like a rat version of Meet the Fockers. <laughs> And like Robert De Niro's the father rat, yeah. and you know Ben Stiller's yeah. the the husband of <laughs> the rat's daughter. Rat's daughter. Yeah. Okay. Like, That's he's probing him and stuff. And it's just like a lowest common denominator comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> Okay, well that's good. Two alternate versions there. All right, let's do let's do a couple more of these. Uh, a German fairy tale called One Eye, Two Eyes, and Three Eyes. I think right. Right. I've got a, my idea. Remember in a previous chapter, mm. parties. I think it was. Yeah. I developed the title of a game <laughs> called Eye for an Eye. Oh yeah, the classic game. <laughs> and we, you developed no rules for that game. I didn't develop a, a concept. No. It was literally, just a title. But yeah. maybe there's three men and they've been playing Eye for an Eye. Okay. <laughs> And then you've got two eyes. He's gone unaffected from the gameplay. But then one yeah. eye lost his eye yeah. to three eyes. He's now got three eyes. So what's the moral? The moral is eye for an eye. <laughs> but um, the maths of it don't quite work out. Because if it's an eye for uh, an eye, they'd just be swapping yeah. eyes. You wouldn't get one person with more or less. Yeah, because... What, like they played the game eye for an eye yeah. and one eye's lost obviously oh, okay. he originally had two eyes <laughs> okay. like any normal human <laughs> okay. and three eyes as he's now known <laughs> won the eye off that guy so you have to change in your the name. game of eye for an eye why <laughs> brilliant well that's that story summed up then fantastic um uh, my lord bag of rice that's japanese it's about a magical bag of rice that has endless supplies and the villagers are so pleased that it has food that they make it king that that could well be what it is and it lives in a palace of rice it's like american pie but instead of like <laughs> the main character shoving his Schlong uh, in an apple pie He shoves it in a bag of rice Uncooked And calls it my lord <laughs> Thank you <Yeah>. my lord <laughs> As he's fucking a bag of rice <laughs> That's an iconic scene isn't it We've all yeah. been there Hey we've all been there <laughs> Would you get anything from that Putting your cock in some rice <laughs> Just the mess really Like a texture maybe I don't know um, I don't know It's time for another Flat 29 hit A comedy song and then we'll talk for a bit Damn girl you're looking flat 25 But when we're in the club we're dropping flat 20 rhymes When we're in the club we're dropping flat 20 rhymes And when we're eating breakfast dropping flat 20 rhymes And when we're in the bath dropping flat 20 rhymes Now on this podcast drop some flat 20 rhymes Flat 20 Rhymes is the section where, in each chapter, we make a brand new song about the topic. Now, for this week's chapter on fairy tales, Charlie has done us a song. Charlie, what is it all about? Well, it's it's looking at fairy tales from a more modern perspective, so... Uh 
what I've done is to take the uh, challenge of getting Rapunzel out of her tower and think, well, what if the witch decided to upgrade her security to something more modern rather than just having no stairs? Excellent. A bit of a tale from the from the side of uh, the prince trying to get into the tower and from Rapunzel herself looking out the window and seeing what's going on in the world. Sounds hot. <laughs> it's pretty steaming. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Charlie's fairy tale song. You're the princess for me. I'll let down my hair so you can There's fly. There's a found twist to this story. A skyscraper in modern time. My only challenge is the security. There's razor wire and dogs and But guards. I'm the greatest of triumphs, just you Thank see. Thank God you on CCTV. Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair So why may climb up it as if it were stairs The challenge to reach you is worse than warfare Cause this witch has gone modern which is pretty unfair Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair So why may climb up it as if it were stairs Cause ahead there lie lasers, electricity This witch has gone apple with her technology I hope in my heart that he'll save me I'll race to reach you on my trusty steed I've had a tempest a mounted wraith, I'll dodge the artillery Look out behind you, there's a sniper Never fear, my dear, for I am the best You pompous dick, now look, you're dead <laughs> Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair For I'm a new suitor for you, maiden fair Why would that be true, for I long to be free If a modern prince charming could rescue me So many have tried with such archaic methods One dance, a rain dance, and one road a leopard These things aren't a match for a witch, don't you see? Fear not, princess, I brought the army with me. For this podcast about fairy tales, I think it is only right that we do a fairy tale right now. In the week, I have created for us a fairy tale story generator, which we are going to use to generate some characters, a setting, and a vague plotline, and then act it out. But Dan, I'm a method actor. I need time to hone my craft. (laughs) Well, you will have a very short amount of time to do so. Okay, first off, we're going to start with the title. It's always best with these sort of things to work with the, from the title backwards. So to make this generator work, when I say your name, Rich or Charlie, you have to say a number between one and four, and that will generate the word to go in that space. Okay? Okay. The Rich. Three. Robot. 
who Charlie one lost his rich two mother the robot who lost his mother <laughs> is the title of our story <laughs> Brilliant. So, it's already bleak. <laughs> so it's already looking like a depressing tale. So our lead character then is is the robot, obviously. Let's make some supporting characters. Charlie, give me a number between one and four. Four. He's a furious Rich. Three. B. A furious B. <laughs> okay. okay. Let's make another supporting character, Charlie. One. Uh, a clumsy Rich. Two. Bank manager. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's the robot who's lost his mother, the furious bee, and the clumsy bank manager are his sidekicks. Let's get a setting. Where's this whole thing set? Rich. Three. The happiness, Charlie. Two. Principality. We set our scene in the happiness principality. Okay. And finally, let's generate a sound effect to use at one point in our fairy tale. Uh, Charlie, pick us a number between one and five. Three. At some point, we have to use this sound. Is that a horse? <laughs> it's a horse snorting. All right, okay. So all that remains then is to begin the fairy tale of the robot who lost his mother. The robot who lost his mother Is he gonna find her again? Gonna find her again? Down in the magical principality of happiness we see a young robot who is robot crying I am sad <laughs> Whimper Suddenly his friend Furious Bee approaches Hello, Furious Bee. I'm having a terrible time at the moment. Hey, robot! Why's that? <laughs> because my mother is gone. I cannot find her anywhere. Oh, that's terrible! <laughs> There's no need to be so angry about it. It's not making me more angry. I'm angry all the time. I'm a Furious Bee. Come on! Well, I'm glad you're enthused about the loss of my mother. Maybe we could turn your fury into a campaign to search for her. Yes! Let's do that! It sounds like a good idea! Okay, tone it down a bit. <laughs> so the band of friends set off on their wonderful journey to find the robot's mother. And on their way, bump into Ian, the clumsy bank manager. Hello, Ian. Hello. Oops, sorry. Clatter, clatter. We'd like you to join our quest to find my lost mother. I'm terribly sad. <laughs> I can tell. Sure, I'll come along, guys. Do you want me to carry anything for you? Um, that won't be necessary. <laughs> do you mind if I just work out these uh, stocks on the way? I've got a bit of admin to do. Your time is your own until we need you later on. <laughs> well, those are the two facets to my character. So I need to <laughs> utilise them in some way. Is that all right? Sure. You can be the figures, man. Great. How do you feel about this whole situation, Furious B? It just makes me so angry! <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Here, let me pat it better. Oh, sorry! Oh, no! Don't make me sting you! Come on, guys. Tone it down. What's the deal with that bee? He's so furious. I know. What's his problem? If only he could hone that fury into looking for thy mother. Into some sort of campaign. <laughs> Come on, guys. Come on, guys, let's start the campaign. Ian, where are the leaflets? <laughs> I sent you an email yesterday about it. Oh, I deleted the email. I think it went into my spam folder. Damn. Okay, Furious Bee, where do you think my mother might be? Maybe she's shopping! <laughs> Fair point. I did hear her remarking that we might need some more lubricating oil. 
quick to Robot Tesco. <laughs> to Robot Tesco, Ian the Bank Manager, away! And so the team arrive at Robot Tesco and come across a horse out of place in the middle of the store. Why is this stupid animal blocking my entrance to Tesco? I think he's their new security guard. Quick, Ian, distract him with a clumsy routine. <laughs> hey, horse, wanna see me juggle? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Quick, furious, make a beeline for Tesco. Ha, 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 I made a pan. Well, well, where, where in Robot Tesco's is your mum going to be? Any ideas, Furious B? Maybe she's buying ice cream! <laughs> good idea. Why do I always think Furious B's ideas are good? Let's go for it. Where is the ice cream aisle? Aisle 9! Thank you, Furious B. I admire your enthusiasm. Good! If only we could channel it into some kind of campaign to get some ice cream. Have you got the leaflets about it? Furious B? No! Forget it then! I cannot trust anyone. Quick, to the ice cream. Check all the freezers. She likes to get cool. Hang on a minute, I found her in this freezer. Shall I lift her out, her carefully frozen body that could shatter at any moment? Shall I just lift that out for you right now? Here we go. There you go. Would you like to? Oh no! no! Whoops! I I hate to say this, robot, but I think I've shattered your mother into a bazillion pieces. Ian. Yes? Can a man trust a clumsy bank manager (laughs) with the simplest of tasks? Oh, I should just go back to my calculator. No! You are clumsy at that as well! (laughs) I'd rather have used my unhinged bee friend over here to do the job. (laughs) Right, Furious Bee, do you have any ideas on how we can put my mother back together? No! But maybe I should sting Ian! (laughs) If only you could channel your energy into a campaign on stinging Ian. Take that, Ian! Ah! My arm! That really hurts! Thank you, Furious Bee. Your gesture in some way makes up for the loss of my mother. I guess we can all learn to get along. Well, for the end of the story, we've got a moral generator as well. So, the moral of this tale is... Charlie, number between one and four. Three. Always, Rich. Two. Go go-karting with... Charlie. Two. Murderers. <laughs> so we've all learned something today. And that concludes our tale. The end. Let's find a new quiz, quiz. My previous quiz left me for another quiz. Let's find a new quiz, quiz. So we can replace Champs and Chumps Ever since the cancellation of our quiz Champs and Chumps We have been on a search for a new style of quiz to add to our show This week, Charlie, you have made a quiz for us What is that quiz all about and what is its distinguishing feature? Well, Dan and Rich, this is a quiz uh, based on fairy tales It's to do with the topic And its distinguishing feature is that you have to sing the answers And bonus points Bonus points are available for particularly inventive rhyming couplets and or melodies. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. This is bloody this sounds hell. taxing. Okay, should we, should we kick off with round one? Yes. Sure. Okay, first question is to Dan. Uh-huh. Thumbelina mm-hmm. was supposed to be married to a mole. 
in the story, but how did she escape? Um, you realise that my answer is going to be purely dictated by what I can rhyme. <laughs> yes, this is how you can make up the points by getting bonus points okay. for singing. Uh, Thumbelina was sad, she had to cut loose. She flew away on a golden goose. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's I'm good. There. So you get a point there for a rhyming couplet cool. and uh, imaginative use, but, but it was wrong. and you would you get two points for right answer, one for a, a, a good rhyming couplet. Yeah. Um, and the answer is in fact a swallow. Oh. So uh, I'm afraid you don't get those points, okay. but you try. Rich. Thumbelina, she <laughs> fell so hollow. She escaped on a golden swallow. So, can I have a point? You, you have a point for that because it was good. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you've got a different question. Okay, thanks. <laughs> In Rapunzel, what restores the prince's sight? The prince is blind, it was such a commotion. <laughs> he fixed his blindness by doing locomotion. <laughs> I thought you were going to say lotion. That would have made more sense. <laughs> You're saying by doing... Is this locomotion or the locomotion? Is it the, the dance? The locomotion as in Kylie Minogue. Everybody's okay. doing the brand new dance now. Well, I see. Uh, it's, a- it's, it's, a good, it's a good try. It's, it's impractical and slightly unbelievable. <laughs> and think uh, about when this fairy tale was written as well. I'm pretty sure it was pre-locomotion. You, you, get, sure? you get a point for the rhyming couplet. Um, oh, the correct answer is uh, the princess's tit or Rapunzel's tears. Oh. Is the answer. Ah, like a locomotion of tears. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's too late. It's too late. You would too late. not describe it as that. Okay, Dan. Uh, in the story Capo Rushes, what does her cape and bonnet turn into and then turn back from at the stroke of midnight? Well, like Cinderella. Pretty much. It's slightly one to rip off the other. Um, what's her name? Capoeira. Capo Rushes. Capo Rushes. Okay. Maybe if she mm. would slow down a bit, she... <laughs> Yeah, anyway. Oh, that's awful. Um, Capo rushes, went into town. Her bonnet changed into a beautiful ball gown. Oh, oh, that's correct on all fronts. Rhyming couple of melody I'm and the, the correct answer. Wickedy wicked. That's, so Say, that's three points. Oh, thank you very much. Rich, how many mattresses and feather beds did the princess in The Princess and the Pea sleep on? It's an equal number of beds and mattresses. So if you go bed, mattress, bed, mattress, bed, mattress, it's, you know. Okay. And what's it, the princess and the pea? Yeah. She is a princess. He was a pea. Uh, <laughs> no, he wasn't. <laughs> I want to hear where he's going with this. She was a princess. He was a pea. The number of mattresses and beds she slept on was 33. <laughs> No, well, just three, three. I meant to say three. I'll say because that was it. That was a poor quality rhyming couplet there. I don't think I can give you the point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was so um, and also the answer is um, it's twenty of each. So we're twenty matches and yeah. twenty feather beds. So forty in all. Okay, round two. This is um, the one where you have to say whether the titles are real or fake. Okay. All you have to do is sing um, either fairy tale yeah. or fairy fail. <laughs> okay. Okay, Dan. Yeah. Little Johnny Sheep Dung. that's a fairy fail i'm afraid dan that's actually a real one so that 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 would have been fairy tale Um, rich guts and teeth that's a fairy tale oh no that's a fairy fail that's it that's in in fact yeah it's a song from my itunes Um, dan (laughs) gonna recall run the town wants you dead that's gotta be a fairy fail correct it is a fairy fail yeah Uh, rich 
the mouse, the bird, and the sausage. I don't trust the title of this tale. It's a fairy tale. Oh. You know why I abolished rhyming couplets for this round? You just had to sing fairy tale oh, fairy tale. Damn it. Oh, it's a fairy tale. Oh, and after shit. that, and totaling the scores, I can say that the winner is Dan. Yeah! I am uh, the by winner. A large margin. I am the best. <laughs> I beat you, Rich. Now you're wearing a vest. Oh. Dan may be the winner. But Daniel Pate's a sinner <laughs> I'm better than you And you can't deal with it Now I'm going to get <laughs> Oh, sorry <laughs> You got too excited <laughs> you learned it didn't work It didn't work So, are we going to do a quiz like this every week? Yeah! Yes, I think we should Uh, no I don't think we should No, okay. no. Alright, well too, It's too much effort too Thinking much of effort. a Roman couplet It's making it's me true. too excited <laughs> so, so therefore, let's confine it to the bin of quizzes. <laughs> the quiz bin. <laughs> Pop it in the quiz bin, and we will see you next time for Let's Find a New Quiz Quiz. Who's been getting in touch with us? Let's look at the letters page. Let's see who's been getting in touch with us in the last few weeks since our previous podcast. We got a letter in from listener Hannah, who said... Hey-ho, guys. I'm a recent joiner to the group of intelligent people who decide to listen to your podcast. I have found the best podcast for me, considering I am the Year 7 music nerd, and I take an immediate shine to every episode you make. I have to say, I'm a very big fan of Sherlock Holmes' Professor Winston and Piri Piri Sauce. Get involved, I'm a hooligan. <laughs> Good impression. From faithful listener Hannah. Well, I wrote a reply to that. Oh, did you? I, now, you I don't normally do that, Rich. Why did you do I it? I know. I don't normally do the correspondence because, you know, I'm not used to it. I'm not trustworthy. Go on then, what did you say? Hi, Hannah. I started it off informal. It's a good I'm really glad. I'm really glad you enjoy the music. We spend a lot of time and effort on it. I like to think that it's what sets us apart from our podcasting rivals. <laughs> You're fine to this, like like a job interview or something. <laughs> Why did Said, you? And then I put, we really, like, this is why I don't do correspondence. We really enjoyed making the Sherlock slash Professor Winston musical yeah. and hope to do some more this year. Then oh I put, I, quite rem- I, put, I remember quite clearly being the year seven music nerd. I'm having flashbacks of playing piano whilst everyone else who didn't care just mucked around playing the demo song at full blast. Let's hope all that education paid off. Anyway, cheers for the message and thanks for listening. Oh, that's nice. It gets nice at the end, at the start. (laughs) I think that's what sets us apart from all of our peers. Next, I'm going to work on my replies to being a bit more sort of... Individual, just a bit less formal. (laughs) (laughs) So I was writing it. I was thinking, I've never replied to one of our emails. Okay, I'm gonna do it. Oh no, I've done it too formal. (laughs) But I'll just go with it. We had a letter in from Katie about our Christmas episode in which we discussed advent calendars and poor quality chocolate. She said, In your episode about Christmas stuff, you talked about crappy advent calendar chocolate. Well, one year, my sister and I had a genius solution. 
We made our own advent calendars out of some card with real chocolate behind the doors. It's a good move, isn't it? Get some proper chocolate bars, pop them behind the doors of the advent calendar. I like it. It's true. She's resourceful. But I'm just thinking this advent calendar must be massive because, like, you know, imagine if one of them's a curly whirly. <laughs> we're talking. We're talking bigger than A4 already. You're right. How big do you reckon it is? I think it's about A3. A4? A2? A1. A1? Yeah. A1? (laughs) It's, um, you know, bag of Maltesers behind one. Maybe one of those bags like what you get at the cinema. Depends how much she likes chocolate every day in the morning. Maybe like a Cadbury's cream egg one yeah. because it's like an egg for breakfast what yeah. do you have for breakfast eggs they come with a mini knife so you can cut the top off <laughs> yeah yeah and then you use like chocolate um, fingers to dip into it yeah kit some kats, Kit Kats. Yeah. yeah and that's the good thing because normally advent calendars restrict you to one major corporation but we can mix up nestle <laughs> yeah mars Cadbury, Mavericks. <laughs> so, so could you construct a whole breakfast out of? Uh, can you get like a chocolate croissant? Yeah, pane chocolat. Yeah, that'd be good. That, have that them. for breakfast. Um, hot chocolate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cereal. Wheatos. Yeah. Cocoa pops. Yeah. So this has turned into naming chocolate things. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think this is what she had in mind? No, <laughs> probably I think, not. I think she expected something a lot more witty. <laughs> well, it swings and roundabouts, Katie, when you write. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Sometimes you get gold, sometimes you don't. That's another one. There's a gold chocolate bar, yeah. isn't there? Called Cadbury's Gold. Yeah. It's not called Cadbury's Gold. Yeah. That's no, Whisper Gold, isn't it? No, they're little Is gold it? bars, like the type of thing you put in your lunchbox. Whisper Gold. Um, um, you just coughed me a question. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck are you on about? <laughs> he just went, um. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to answer that, Rich. <sighs> well, sorry about that, Katie, but that's what you got. Uh, please do keep writing into us, though. Uh, we'll try better next time. <laughs> it's we'll we'll take the blame for this one, I think. Send us an email whenever you can. I know you're really busy deleting your spam. Podcast at flat29.com And why not jazz it up with an emoticon? Or a lolcat. Shut up, lolcat. Charlie and Dan, I'd like to formally invite you to my wedding on the 28th of July, 2012. Hooray! Woo! Oh, thank you very much. Uh, what do uh, I get out of it? No, I'm kidding. I'll well, come. <laughs> I'll come. Look, that sounds like a look, wicked time. To be honest, a lot of this wedding has been planned already, like the venue, etc. But I was thinking, what would be the perfect fairy tale wedding? Yeah. How can I make it more magical? Okay. Uh, unicorns. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I like me and Han could ride in on a golden chariot. Yeah. Um, 
with a unicorn at the front. I think you should ride in on the actual unicorn. Okay. <laughs> Be more impressive. And then for for part of the catering, you can have unicorn on the cob, which is <laughs> <laughs> which is um, it's cheap. It's cheap. <laughs> it's um it's on the end of the unicorn's horn. They just slap on a corn on the cob, just spike it on there. Oh, I thought you were going to say they kind of like just roast the unicorn on its own horn. <laughs> yeah, and that as well. <laughs> yeah, that's the only problem. I really can't see Greenpeace like in that. <laughs> yeah, Greenpeace are mainly involved with protecting mythical beasts, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't like the roasting the horn of the unicorn bit. They'd like the corn on the cob, they bloody love that. <laughs> they wouldn't like the other bit. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, you could have elves on shelves. <laughs> <laughs> Would they dance on those shelves? <laughs> These elves rhyme. <laughs> oh, I'm stuck in a rut and it's hurting my gut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, How God. many elves would you have? Would you have 12 elves on the shelves? <laughs> I, I think the elves could be like handing around the volivans yeah. and the drinks like before the reception and things. Elves make good waiters. But they are a bit mischievous, so they might have a few kind of like flies in ice cubes type thing going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that'll, that'll add to the day, you know. <laughs> it's like having a bag of revels. <laughs> Is it like having a bag of rebels? <laughs> yeah. Like, um, it's like a Russian roulette. One bucks fizz, the elf has done a wee in, the other one it hasn't. Which one are you going to get? You'll not know until you try it. <sighs> that is like a bag of rebels. <laughs> All I can imagine is that's going to be a nightmare. It's not going to be a fairy tale because yeah. I'm going to be getting around sacking mischievous elves. <laughs> yeah, you see, if that was me, I'd probably quite enjoy that. <laughs> it's going to take out too much of my time. <laughs> right, you're fired. You're going to be like Alan Sugar. <laughs> be like, Rich, it's time to do the fittings. No, I'm on the hot trail of a mischievous elf. <laughs> He's not getting away with this. Maybe, actually, I could get um, Alan Sugar involved. I could employ him to come to the wedding yeah. and uh, structurally fire the <laughs> elves that I've hired to uh, serve Olivons. How many over elves? Over 12 weeks <laughs> to film it. <laughs> How many elves will be left by the end? Just one. Yeah. And that's and the wedding. Be... And there's only one elf doing everything. <laughs> Maybe, to add a bit of drama, Han, my fiancé, yeah. needs to be trapped somewhere before the wedding. <laughs> okay. Down or a mine. A tower, and then you rescue her on the morning. Yeah, down a mine. Yeah. Down a mine, yeah. <laughs> down a mine. Yeah, so Han's down a mine, yeah. and I have to quickly develop skills in abseiling. <laughs> Who's going to train you? Merlin. I'm just trying to imagine Rich abseiling and I can't do it. <laughs> Merlin is renowned abseiler, isn't he? That's what he does on his days off. Yeah. When he's not creating magical potions. <laughs> he needs to unwind with some rock climbing. <laughs> because most of the magic potions are for people down a vertical slope below him. He just get his ingredients from halfway down a cliff face. It's all nestled in, you know, edges or, you know, in seagulls' nests or something. So he has to have the, you know, the uh, badass adventuring skills go get this really <laughs> rare ingredients that he needs. You're absolutely right. He does. The only thing is, I don't invite him to the wedding because there's a whole um, episode where me and Hannah are arguing because there's too many family members <laughs> and then Merlin casts a spell on the wedding and 
um, also she used know, to go it out. Rains. She used to go out with Merlin, didn't she? I know. Be awkward. And I'm really jealous of him yeah. because he can make patience. And he's really good at abseiling. And he's got a better beard than you. <laughs> and they're all things that she wants in a man. <laughs> <laughs> so by the by your wedding you've got about what a year and a half yeah grow a beard make potions do some abseiling who could marry us that's an excellent question um I don't know, but you could have Pinocchio as the page boy and get him to uh, tell some lies so the ring is brought out to you <laughs> at the end of his nose. <laughs> I like that a lot. Because I, I, I've banned him from entering the church for some reason. <laughs> so we have to make him lie but so that his nose extends from the outside in. He used to go out with hand, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm jealous, jealous of him <laughs> because he's got a long nose when he lies. Because he's a real boy. Wa- and that's what she wants in a man. And that's what you've got to do in the next year but who could actually marry us um who's the ideal candidate to go through all the rigmarole of training to get ordained and stuff i think ian the clumsy bank manager <laughs> it'd, be a sla- yeah. it'd be a slapstick wedding <laughs> yeah please take these rings Whoop! that's the only person i'll allow to marry because that's the qualities that han doesn't yeah. want in a man yeah. the only people who can be at your wedding are people who are inferior to you <laughs> in case she has a last minute change of mind <laughs> And finally, the conclusion to Tristan's Flat 29 fairy tale. We rejoin former drum and bass DJ Goldie in the basement of the Three Bears Cottage. The damp, eerie room was teeming with newborn babies, dimly lit by the glow of flickering desk lamps. They sat, transfixed at typewriters monotonously typing. Goldie's mind exploded with possibilities. Had the bears been harvesting a junior sweatshop from their convenient location in Northampton, birthplace of all UK babies? Scanning the room, Goldie suddenly became aware of posters on the wall, featuring nonsensical slogans. Blog posts littered the floor and YouTube clips played and played on old black and white television sets, seemingly on a loop. He was instantly sick. Had he stumbled accidentally on the headquarters of the Flat 29's Big Book of Everything podcast? He had always suspected the podcast might have been script-edited by a collective of newborn babies, with a very low-quality control level and blinkered, immature outlook on the world. He had heard that the Hollyoaks production team were rumoured to use a similar system. Goldie had only a split second to take in the gravity of his discovery before he heard the booming avuncular voice of the bear he now knew to be none other than Charlie Massesson above him. Who's been eating my porridge? Oh, I'm sure it's nothing, dear. Assured the mummy bear he now knew to be Dan, in his familiar light presentational style he had grown to love over the recent months. Someone's eaten mine too, and broken my chair. Exclaimed Baby Rich in agreement. Goldie stole a glance to his left and right, knowing he only had seconds to hatch a plan before he'd be discovered. In the corner of the room stood an old drum kit and a range of bass guitars, presumably for use of the Baby Jingle Commissions Department. Without wasting a second, he jumped from the banister, startling the previously subdued babies. Traversing the room, he began to dole out bass guitars to the young employees, whispering words of encouragement in hushed tones. Upstairs... The bears had begun to search their house for signs of a possible break-in, but stopped in shock at the distant sound of a far-off drumbeat, ominously tapping away below their feet. 
Before they had time to locate the source of this noise, they were quite literally thrown off their feet as an almighty bass line reverberated round in the hollow apertures below the house. There then followed what can only be described as a symphony of baby bass playing in four groovements. The funky children trading lines faster than a grocer trades limes. Rumbling licks more intense than a heroin fix. Popping jams funkier than bopping grands. Until the walls and foundation of the cottage collapsed completely. Such was the bassosity of the groove. When the dust settled and the bears regained consciousness, it was clear that they had lost their workforce, who had escaped with Goldie from the rubble and run to freedom. The bears learned the error of their ways, and Goldie and the babies lived happily ever after, although many of them now work freelance for Answer Me This. The End. So that was it. That was chapter 28 on fairy tales. Uh, how do you guys like your fairy tales to end? Happy or sad? Happy, Dan. Okay. Well, in the end, then, we all got married. Not to each other, but to different princesses. Hurrah! Hooray! Can we swap now? That's a- <laughs> well, swap princesses. Yeah. Can't keep in the bowl. Suddenly it's just got raunchy Just got sexy (laughs) Sexy fairy tales And on that sexy cliffhanger We will see you in two weeks time For our next chapter Which will be about live music We'll see you then Bye Bye Bye. Flat 29's Big book of everything Another topic down A million's to go Covered that in enormous detail There's nothing else you could possibly want to know Yeah, let me check out the date I'm getting married <laughs> Okay Have you actually got a, an actual date? Yeah No, oh, you didn't tell uh, me I better tell you now, haven't yeah, I? Yeah, cool. Just putting it in uh, iCal wedding. Just putting it into Google. Colon mine. It's good that you know, Rich. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were just putting it into Google. When am I getting married? (laughs) Google doesn't know everything. It's the sort of thing I do. Right, okay, I'll start the section. (laughs) Okay, yeah, go on then, yeah.